Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. This is your host, Light, the Light-Fingered Thief. And I'm your co-host, Logar the Barbarian. So, Logar, have you picked up any new weapons recently? Weapons? Well, you can never have enough weapons, right? <laughs> uh, you threw me for a loop because I was expecting you to say books. And I had to change, <laughs> change my train of thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> or books. I mean, you are the Barbarian, so... <laughs> the Barbarian picked up more weapons. I don't pick up as many weapons now that I'm out of the Marine Corps. <laughs> <laughs> Brew. I need to pick up some more ammo here, but aside from that, today's topic. Today's topic, we need, I, I pick up a lot of books. Oh, the, cons- you- the mass consumption of books. Well, books are good to read, so I think books add value back to your yourself and others. So I think purchasing a lot of books and reading material, you know, it's not a bad thing. I think we want to talk about mass consumption or consumption in regards to role-playing games i mean i'm a i have a little quirk where i'm not too thrilled with going to stores i hate going into public and having to maneuver stores and look through them i'm really a big fan of you know being able to avoid purchasing things if that makes sense nope i understand i mean I, didn't, I don't like going on just because of people, but, you know, if you have an empty store, I'm probably okay in browsing, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm better with smaller stores and less people in them. Yeah, I go, I like, I go to a lot of the corner store more than I will to the big store because I'm in, I'm out. I may have to pay an extra dollar for the eggs, but <laughs> it's worth it for me not to have to go through there. And I, I'm going to put it out there too, just as an ethical thing that I have, I, I, I have problems with. The way our economy runs, and I, I tend to have this sort of ethical stance that I want to see people who do the work being the ones who benefit from it. And that's not always the case when it comes to creators. Sometimes people are being hired briefly for whatever spot from a large company, but the continued money and revenue from that isn't going to those people. Whereas if I'm purchasing from someone who's putting it out themselves, they still have control of it. They're still the ones producing it and they're the ones who benefit from it. So I like to try to find those kinds of game projects where the creator is the one who benefits from the purchase. Yep, I would agree. You know, we should be supporting the people that are actually creating and making the product. So but with Logar and I, we do support a lot of um, Kickstarters as that's one route for indie creators to be able to publish their RPG works without having to go through a large publisher out there and you know logar is a big fan of zines as you're well aware and supporting you know local zine creators and other zine creators because that goes directly money goes directly straight to them you know we don't we're not a big fan of the contractor model that logar mentioned which wizards of the coast uses for a lot of their D products you know it's like you open up i don't know like the what can we keep mysteries is a 5e book i bought recently and there were some you know, one of the creators had some issues because their content got severely edited by the um, publisher on that one. So he or they didn't want their name associated <laughs> anymore with that entry in the, you know, in the book itself. So, yeah. And as a wobbly, I, I tend to be the one who's there for the worker, for the creator, for the person who that tends to be my bias. <laughs> the person who's doing the labor to create this thing, person who's doing the art and the writing, I tend to be in favor of them you know, 
in general in the system of production, so to say. So that does influence things. It doesn't mean I don't buy books from companies. I can't get away from the fact that that's how our economy runs. That's not how our food's produced. And I still have to buy food from the store. <laughs> so right. I, I live within the bounds of reality while I think that there are better ways to do things. And what's cool about some of the game scenes and some of that stuff is that there are people who are able to put their own stuff out and benefit from it. They may not have the kind of distribution you would get with a large company, but there are some distros out there that are helping to get more distribution for smaller creators out there. Like Spear Witch, if you're familiar with Spear Witch or Exalted Funeral, uh, there's quite a few other little distros who put out zines and, and indie published works. And if you haven't noticed, if you haven't been listening, I'm trying to discover all those because it's not always easy to have your finger on the pulse of what people are putting out when people are kind of just dispersed around the world putting these things out on their own, trying to get some attention for what they're creating and trying to get some people to look at. It. Yeah, it's obviously very difficult to start off as a indie one-person <laughs> outfit <laughs> and then to your point, be able to get the word out so that people can try your product, use your product in their games, purchase it and such. So again, for us, you know, Logar likes purchasing, you know, a lot of physical copies, hard media. I prefer PDFs just because I'm out of space for a lot of more books. But again, I try to, you know, purchase PDFs and back the Kickstarters. A lot of times, you know, I'll back the, um, you know, the big core book tier just to be able to support some of the uh, publishers, especially if I'm going to be running the game itself. And, you know, we believe supporting local, local being indie businesses, you know, so if you're buying dice, you know, let's try to buy dice straight from the uh, manufacturer and not necessarily buy dice through um, Amazon or something like that, right? Yeah. And Amazon itself, big, massive corporation. At the same time, they also offer print on demand for people who can't afford to have access to, you know, what it would take to publish the book they've created. So while the corporation is making a buck off of it, it's also something that people can use to get their stuff out there. There's other big companies like that as well. Lulu.com and and drive through RPG are places I've purchased game books, print on demand often. And there's a lot of little guys, so to say, little folks who are trying to get their stuff out there and seeing who are able to use that to get their stuff out there. One of the best things about decentralizing the power structure, so to say, in my mind, is that you get a lot more diverse creative works you get to see those wonderful ideas that people have. This this thing they said that Einstein, there was more Einsteins that died in the mines without ever being discovered yes. <laughs> working. And we're at a point right now where it's exciting because those brilliant creative minds can try to get their stuff out there without having to submit it to a publisher and get the AOK from someone who thinks it's marketable. And then we discover some of the out there things that we've never even heard of, nothing like anything in, in, in gaming are very, very attractive to others. Into the Odd is one who's, who's gotten really big in Electric Bastion Land. He put out some stuff that was very different and it really had a good following. Sometimes you see those independent publishers and creators blowing up nowadays. Right now, I think that the mothership it's huge. Starter, <laughs> it's got like over a million dollars. It's over a million bucks. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Like, oh my goodness. This is from a little zine. 
I'm kind of happy to see that Mothership is getting that million dollar backing from the community. Yes, so am I. You know, better for him, the creator, to get the you know get that money directly than for some type of uh, publisher getting a huge cut of it. You know. Yeah, and now I was I was in design and illustration for years, and the vast majority of the stuff that I made, I don't own. I have no control over what it's used for or what it was used for. I did it for somebody else. I got that paycheck that week and it was done. Yeah. Whatever continued profit they made off of that, I didn't benefit from. Well, I mean, it's the same thing for me. I don't own any of the IP that I have patents for. You know, I might have my name on it, but I don't own it. And that's the way it's set up. You know, the company owns it. <laughs> not, not me. Yeah. And it was funny because one of my friends was talking to me about that. My friend didn't understand how the industry works. So he was like, you must be really rich because, you know, you invented this product. And I was like, nope, I don't get any, I don't get any points on it. I don't get any percentage points or anything like that on it. I get a paycheck because <laughs> when it was created, it, the IP was owned by the company. So I don't, I don't get, I don't get anything extra off it. And that's part of the agreement that I have for working for a company. Oh Yeah. I was really heavy into the copyleft movement for quite a while some years ago, especially when I was doing a lot more uh, public writing out there and stuff like that and different things. And I, I've often said that I have a problem with IP and intellectual property. I think you've kind of hit the nail on the head right there, what my major issue with intellectual property is. But we have this idea that it somehow keeps the creator safe. It's been used the exact opposite way in reality. So when I do say things like I got a problem, I got issues with intellectual property rights. Understand that I don't have a problem with the creators themselves being able to benefit from what they've created. I just don't see that being how they've actually played out in reality in law. No, not as not as much. So it's one of those again, you know, we hope that the creators and the workers that come up with the idea, the concepts, the product itself are the ones that are benefiting the most from it, from, you know, being able to reap back any of the percentage points or, you know, revenue and such for it. So that's where I stand on all this, <laughs> how I feel about it. When it comes to consumption, we're going to consume. It's going to happen because, you know, we need to eat. We need to, and I'm not, oh, I hate consumption. So I'm going to stop reading my books and playing my games and, having an issue with the way we consume as opposed to saying, you know, and that's kind of just saying we can consume differently, creating a community where we're supporting independent creators. I'm all about that. I think that that's where we need to be. And I see that thriving. The zine community and the zine scene is booming right now. Lots of great stuff, putting stuff out. Also just the, the independent gaming community with all kinds of stuff coming out on POD it's kind of cool that we can kind of cut out the larger companies in the way that things are with the internet being as it is. And I'm, yeah, I'm a big fan of that. And at the same time, I can support the companies that are doing things that I think are positive, such as Paizo. We've had people on here from, we've had someone on here from Paizo Workers Union. Again, the person I'm interested in isn't the company benefiting, but from the world, the workers getting a benefit out of this. Cause if the workers are just impoverished and not benefiting from this company, it's not doing them a whole lot of good. <laughs> yet. No, I mean, why have the company. Why the company? I mean, it's, it's not easy for people to make a living off of publishing RPGs. I mean, we know a lot of independent creators, independent people that might have their own small little company or business. It's not easy to make money off it. You know, it might be like one or two employees, you know, I think, 
like troll lords. I think they have like what maybe five full time employees. I don't know if they have that. I don't know how many they have. I don't think it's they, that many though. But I might be wrong. It, 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 it's five. It's the two brothers, and then and then he said that there's like three other people. Oh, I didn't from, realize that. Aside from the two brothers, there was a he, he posted something about it like uh, last month in terms of them being a small business and trying to support. You know, they use local printers nearby. They try to recycle the materials. They try to source everything from the U.S. So that's why they don't have the supply chain issues that are as heavy as some of the other publishers who might be trying to import stuff. So. Yeah. Well, that's about all we got for today. If you've enjoyed what we've had to say, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Wobblies and Wizards. We're at wobbliesandwizards.com is our blog. You can find me on the Twitter at LogarHaleCrom and keep those dice rolling. Yeah, get your dice from some indie manufacturers. There we go.